0: Thanks, Ben. (laughs) Bo didn't want to put this in my pants. (laughs) I suppose that's healthy. Hey, good morning. I'm Jim Nidzinski, and I am a member of the community here. And uh, we are in the midst of a series, a teaching series on the topic, clearly, of, of hearing God. Um, Bo taught two weeks ago uh, that God speaks to us continually. That was his main point. And then last week, the message was God speaks to us because he loves us. He has good things for us. And then this week, we're talking about that God speaks to us in many ways. He, uh, he speaks in infinite ways, in fact. But before we talk about all the ways that God speaks to us, it was interesting to think of all of the ways we communicate with each other. Uh, I'm speaking to you verbally. I can give visual communication by waving. Uh, did anybody receive a mail this week? Or how about an email? Uh, what are, uh, does anybody have teenagers? What are some of the, like, the, the new apps? Is anybody using MySpace still or am I Behind the Times? <laughs> you work with college students. What are they using now? Instagram is hot, WhatsApp. Uh, I get Marco Polos now. Does anybody get Marco Polos? Do you know what those are, the videos? Uh, There are dozens. If you think about all of your inboxes, all the ways people can communicate with, matter of fact, I just got a notification on my watch just now. But I have a friend who all he has is a flip phone. And he has no email. And his voicemail isn't set up. You know, when you get the, this voicemail has not been set up. So the only way you can reach this guy is you can mail him, you can knock on his door, and you can try to text, but his phone is so old that it's often jarbled. Um, Probably not a bad strategy, actually, in today's tech, tech world. But if we have the same limited breadth of ways to receive God's communication, we, too, will be hard to reach. And so the goal today is I want to expand our... Uh, our vision for all of the different ways that God communicates so that you can be checking your inboxes so that you can be aware that oh God communicates that way if you didn't know that there was Instagram you'd never see that picture of the dinner that you had last night and it's so it is with God so we're going to talk about some of the different ways I'm going to share some scripture and some stories and then we're going to ask him to speak to us more more so than we've been used to in the past. So the way things are is that God can hack any part of our life and inject his communication into it. Nothing is outside of the use of what he may speak. But I'm going to propose a simple framework for how we might remember. Four senses. God speaks to us in our thinking, in our seeing, in our hearing, and in our feeling. So our four senses can be a framework for remembering the ways he communicates. So let's look at each in turn. Now, think. So that's our mind. God can hack our mind to give us information, to tell us what he's thinking, and it can become our thoughts. Now, I'm going to give you two examples of that, though there are many, one of which is the bedrock of how we come to hear God, and that is Scripture. In 2 Timothy, it's a uh, well-known verse and it reads, all scripture is inspired by God. God said it. And it's useful for what? To teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it. He uses scripture. He communicates to us through it to prepare and equip us to do every good work. Um, I remember early in my marriage, uh, Shannon and I got in an argument. My wife, Shannon. Shannon. And I kind of powered up in the argument. It was very articulate. I was making my case. I was not sensitive, and frankly, I was kind of being a jerk. Um, I think I was right in the argument, but I was mean in the way that I said it. And we were making up a little bit after. And uh, yeah, sorry for you know, sorry for what I said. And very gently, and very kindly, she said. Um, I think something's not right between you and God. And it, it, yet she, she meant it sincerely. It wasn't like a dig. And I said, oh, yeah? I said, why don't you, and I was kind of annoyed. I was like, oh, yeah? Why don't you ask him for some more details? Not genuinely wanting that. But if you know my wife, uh, Shannon, she, she paused and she She listened. And she said, I don't know, I don't know. She was so kind, but she was. I don't know, but I see in my mind's eye black, like hot black coals. Now here's what's weird, and here's a, a thing to take away about hearing God's voice. What I'm about to tell you, you'll say, why did you think that, or why did it have that impact on you? When God speaks, you just, it, you experience it as true. And when she said that, the annoyance drained out of me, and I had this desire, which doesn't make sense, to go, you ready, and go and look in Scripture for any instance of coals. It just felt to me like it, it just had the, the feeling of like God was reaching out to me. So, I didn't let her know that, I was just like, ah, oh, whatever, and, uh, and I did. I went and found, uh, well, more than a half a dozen different references, and the, the theme that was very consistent was that um, hot coals represents God's judgment for words we speak that are not of him. And as I read that, I had two experiences at the same time. One was this hot, pure um, anger uh, of God for how I was treating his daughter. And at the same time, I had this incredible sense of relief and excitement and joy that I was lining up. I was getting the opportunity to line up with how he would have me love my wife. Weird experience. I was a newly married kid. Honestly, I don't even know how I could think in those levels of sophistication at that age. And I went and I apologized and I told her the whole story. God did, he spoke in two ways there, but the one I want to highlight is that he used scripture to correct me and instruct me in a better way. And I'll tell you what, happy wife Happy? Um, Sometimes he uses scripture, though not in such a direct way. Oftentimes, scripture is like building... um, The more we know of the Bible... um, I have an untied shoe. Can you imagine if I had fallen? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oftentimes, as we consume scripture... It becomes our worldview. And, and we end up having like this database of information that God can again hack. He can reach into my mind and bring a scripture, a story, or a truth and bring it up to the forefront of my mind and highlight it. So the more scripture you consume, it's like increasing the size of the database of words that God can speak to you. So just building it up and reading it, even if there isn't some aha, oh my gosh, black coal on my lips. Uh, experience, you can grow in your ability to hear him by increasing the size of the database. Uh, Other times, God uses scripture to guide us. Um, I may have told this story before, but um, I was in college. It was just before the summer of my senior year, and I was deciding what I should do with my summer. Uh, I was following Jesus at the time, um, but I wasn't really asking him for guidance on that decision, Uh, I was more using my own logic. Well, uh, I was going to bed, and just before bed, I was saying, okay, I've gotta decide this week what to do. I'm either going to A, stay in Ann Arbor and work at this great job and make a bunch of money so I can save it for the next year. Or number two, there was an invitation to go do volunteer work in the inner city, Uh, and that sounded cool, but I needed money, and it just sounded like a bunch of work. But I was like, okay, so I'll have to decide this week. Now, I was reading scripture uh, uh, on a regular basis at that time. So as I'm going in bed, I'm laying in my bed and I'm reading. And I had my bookmark. I was reading in two places at that time. And this one was in James. And so I opened my bookmark to James chapter 4. And as I get a couple verses in, this verse pops up that says, Now listen here, you who say today or tomorrow you're going to go to that city you're going to spend a year there you're going to carry on business and make money and yes that's quite coincidental but again there was something in here in my feeler that was like whoa and it grabbed my attention and I, was, and I read on and the rest of the scriptures like you don't know anything about your life this is arrogant how do you think you know what you're going to do and again I felt like okay okay, I don't know what I'm going to do I'm so sorry I was like, I can't believe I haven't been asking you God what should I do Should I stay and take the job, or should I go on this volunteer? Now, don't don't hear into this story that you should always go do this, you should always choose the harder thing, right? He very well could lead me to say, yeah, stay, make a ton of money, and you need to do that so you have money for your next year in college. But as you'll see, that's not how it turned out. I fall asleep, I wake up, I'm having cereal, and I open my Bible to the other book that I was reading, which was... Chapter 6 of Acts, and I open up to the bookmark, and I'm reading, and in the second verse of the chapter 6, it says, this is, these are the, uh, the disciples, by the way, say, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Do you know what job I was going to stay in Ann Arbor to do that summer? Uh, construction. Construction. No, actually, I was, I was a server at a restaurant. And true story, I dropped my spoon. You know, I just fell and spilled cereal, and I was like, well, I'm going to the inner city. I'm going to volunteer. Um, so sometimes God will hack scripture in a very directive way. But again, we have to be in it. We have to be reading in order for him to have the avenue to communicate to us. So scripture is one of the key ways that God uses, God uses our mind, our thinking, to communicate to us. Last thing I want to say about scripture is scripture can become really the essential filter for all of the other ways that he speaks. It's like, uh, it's like your spam filter on your email. Now, I get over 75 emails a day that are spam. So my spam filter tells me. And some of them um, are a waste of time. Some are quite sketchy. Let's see. Uh, looks like we've got from the second from the top uh, an email from Bangladesh. That sounds safe. Uh, something about performance in bed. So maybe, maybe we will skip that one. Uh, we've got Bulgaria there. Um, it looks like I emailed myself from Bulgaria. That sounds safe. Um, okay, there's another email there I recognize, but it's one of those advertisement waste of time things. So if I didn't have a spam filter on my email at work, I'm going to waste a ton of time. Seventy-five. I get 75 a day, and 75% of my emails are spam. 75% at least of the thoughts in my mind, the incoming communication, is spam. It's a waste of time. It's my own brain. It's bad ideas from someone else. But there's a portion of everything you think, everything you see, everything you perceive, with all of your senses, that is from God. And without the spam filter... You're going to struggle to know which incoming message is from God, what is from yourself, what's a waste of time. So scripture is that spam filter. Scripture is what keeps you from getting viruses and malware and diseases and ransomware on the internal hard drive of your being. So scripture is the filter, the lens through which we interpret and decide is what I'm hearing or what I think I'm hearing from God, this idea I'm having, is that indeed from God? Scripture is that filter. Okay. Second example of the way God uses our mind, our thinking, to communicate to us is what I'll call a thought download. It's a download of thoughts. Uh, You remember The Matrix? Anybody who had seen that movie? Was that the 90s? It doesn't seem that long ago. Kirk's laughing. He's old. Um, Neo, do you remember they'd get plugged in in the back of their neck and then they would download? And remember he was like, uh, he's like, I know Kung Fu. Because they downloaded all of Kung Fu into his, his mind all in one fell swoop. I wish God did that. Uh, that would be fun. But uh, I do know that one of the ways God speaks is he hacks our thoughts. He gives us ideas. Things will pop into your mind, uh, uh, a sense, an idea. Um, it's, it, sometimes, you know, in a dream where you'll know something, but you really shouldn't know it. You kind of just, you already know something. Go, How do I know that? Very subtly, God will do this for us. I like this example um, uh, from Matthew uh, where Jesus is hanging out with his friends and he says, hey, you know, who, who do you guys say that I am? I mean, really, what do you think? And Simon Peter said, you're the Christ. You're, you're the one. And Jesus replied, you're absolutely right. My father in heaven put that thought in your mind. You didn't learn that. No one told you that. That is from my father. We see and I experience God doing that to us. And I want to propose to you that way more of your thinking, there's a lot of spam in there, but way more of your thinking is from God than you probably realize. Um, I know uh, that this happens because of things that I've experienced, but I have a friend named Courtney who one time was having a thought that popped into her head uh, that seemed out of the blue, and it didn't make sense. It didn't seem like her idea. And that's because she was sitting in a church very similar to ours. Um, I want you to imagine you're Courtney right now, and you tell me how you'd feel in this experience. She has this thought that she should come up and do a cartwheel right here in the middle of church. Now, this is not one of those kind of churches where you do cartwheels. Uh, and we're pretty laid back here. But it would be kind of odd if like in the middle of announcements, you rolled across the front. Yet that was the thought that Courtney had in her mind. So obviously she did what any spiritual person would do and she shoved it right out of her brain. Thinking it was spam, thinking it was sent from Bulgaria. Uh, Yet the thought came back. And then it came back again. And so she did the dangerous thing and she said, is this weird or God, is this you? And you know when you know something, but you don't want to know it? She knew in her world, she's like, I think God's inviting me to do this. So man, Courtney gets up, comes up to the front of the church, does a terrible cartwheel. She said she could have done a better one. And then she went and sat down. She said she just wanted to disappear. And she just sat there the rest of the service. Ad service was ending. A teenage girl came up to her, crying, and said, "And told why you know why did you do that? Why did you do that cartwheel?" And Courtney explained the experience, and the girls cried and cried because um, she was in a real bad spot. And she kind of threw up one of those desperation type prayers. And she looked around and saw these perfect looking people who seemed to be smiley. And the girl, the teenage girl, said, "Well." You know, you got to have somebody do something just totally humiliating if you're real. Like, do a cartwheel. Um, you know, Courtney's never been the same because she knew what she felt. She saw what happened. And now Courtney's so eager to hear what God has to say because she, it's not faith anymore. It's fact. She knows that Jesus speaks to her and that he has good things for her and people in the world. And so as we're talking, I pray that even we would, in our hearts, say, yes, I want to hear what you have to say. And I challenge you to pay attention to your thoughts. Run the spam filter. And when Courtney ran the spam filter, the thought was, well, let's see. If it's a Bulgarian email, I don't think it's a bad spam email that's going to give me malware because if I do this, no one's going to get hurt. I don't think anyone will get offended. The worst thing that'll happen is I'll look like an idiot. But Jesus, I'll be your fool. I'd rather be a fool for you than look wise to the world, so why not? So she made it through her spam filter and she did it. And that teenage girl will forever be grateful. I'll, there's a more to the story, but we'll, we'll move on. So a thought download is when our thoughts can be hacked by God. And I want to tell you that If you pay attention and then do what Courtney did and ask for more. Say, would you explain that? It's just a random thought. Or God, would you unpack that for me? So, summary. Way number one, God speaks. Think. Through our thoughts. And he often will do that, certainly through scripture. And through a download into our mind. Second way. Second sense. See. Through our eyes. Either our physical eyes or the eyes of our heart. It's like, uh, you can have a picture in your mind or maybe a movie scene, uh, or uh, can you picture words in your mind's eye, like a, even like a sentence like that you could read? Um, I Like this example that I right now can hack your mind. I want you to picture standing on top of my head a pink elephant dancing. I mean, really do it. Can you, can you picture it? Can you see it? Yeah. If I, just me, can get you to think and have a picture in your mind, how easy would it be for the creator of the cosmos to do the same for you? Now I get frustrated with some of that symbolic, weird, in your head type stuff, yet scripture is loaded with it. God is poetic. And he speaks in this way because he's inviting conversation. Well, I don't know all the reasons why, but I know he's inviting dialogue. He's inviting relationship. He isn't just sending a fax from his office because he wants us to have information. He's looking for us to engage. And when we have these pictures in our mind that he can give, uh, it has an impact. It's a way for him and us to connect and a way for him to help us deliver the good he has for the world. I like this example um, from John. It's about Jesus. And he is hanging out. And one of his followers, Philip, goes and gets his buddy, Nathaniel. And says, hey, we have found the one. We've found the one that Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus. This is the guy. He's the Christ. He's the one. And so they grab Nathaniel, and they came to Jesus And when they approached, Jesus said to Nathanael, now, hey, here's a winner. This guy, he's a real son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. And Nathanael's like, hey, kind of put off. Like, how do you know about me? And Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. Oh, my gosh, you are the king. Oh, Oh, my gosh, you're the king of Israel. And Jesus said, yeah, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree, but you're going to see even greater things than that. Nathaniel's response tells us Jesus didn't like, see him across the, the field. Nathaniel knows he was way far removed. Philip had to go find him. Philip finally found him. Nathaniel knew he was totally alone. How did Jesus know where Nathaniel was? I'd propose he had an image, a picture in his mind, kind of just a daydream of it. And that the Father had revealed that to him. Because remember, Jesus isn't Superman. Jesus, yes, he saves us, but he also came to live to say, hey, this is how you do it. So Jesus saw Nathaniel become an instant believer because of one simple picture in his mind that Jesus had to have the guts to share. I remember uh, a time when I was working with high school students uh, in a volunteer capacity, and we were on a, well, I'll shorten the story. One of our high school students brought a friend. And we're talking to the friend, and I had no more supernatural, no more spiritual of an experience than when I had you imagine the pink elephant. It was just like that, only I saw her in a dark closet, like sitting, holding her knees, you know how you sit, and rocking and sobbing. And, and it was a, just a quick little picture in my mind's eye, just like that elephant that I had you imagine. Yet when I saw that picture and I paused on that, I had the sense or knowing that she, um, that that's a commonplace. It wasn't, it, uh, me seeing that didn't, wasn't neutral. It was like she's there a lot. Um, it became contextual at this event, uh, to engage her in conversation with her friends and another leader and long story short, uh, that is exactly the case. That uh, for some great difficulties in her life, she would go and hide in the closet and sob and cry. And we were able to say, God sees you, you're not alone and he's inviting you to come receive help and healing and change the course of her life. And it was not a supernatural experience. It was just that simple image. So I encourage you, just like I'm encouraging you to pay attention to those thoughts, pay attention, pay attention to pictures in your mind. Mental images. All right. We're on to the second way that God communicates through seeing. And this is probably the oddest, if this wasn't already odd for you. Uh, but the Bible is chock full of visions and dreams. Um, which is like a mental image, but actually really seeing it. Um, Either awake, that would be a vision, what the Bible would call, or asleep, that would be a dream. Uh, I like this example from chapter, uh, chapter 16 of Acts. I mean, Paul, he's out there bringing the message of Jesus, and they're trying to decide where to go next. And it says in Acts chapter 16 that that night Paul had a vision Was that a dream or a vision? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, I guess it was night, so it makes you think it was a dream, but it was a vision, so he's probably awake. I don't know. Maybe Paul had insomnia that night. In the vision, he saw a man from Macedonia standing there pleading with them come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, here's the thing. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. So they didn't do a market analysis. They didn't do a study of receptivity of the Macedonians. It was a a vision, and that was what Paul referenced and used as a decision-making tool for knowing what God wanted. And God will do this for us today. He speaks in this way as well. Um, He is no different in his workings today than he was with Paul in that setting. And while Paul is amazing, we're no different from Paul either. Um, I had a dream one time. Uh, it was quite symbolic and odd, like dreams are, but without getting into any of the details, the bottom line is I came out of that dream. The dream was that a very close friend of mine had been abused as a teenager. And that's, that's unsettling and it's odd, uh, but the person was close to me and I didn't know what to do with that information, but I, I just, I would pray regularly for this friend. That was it. I I didn't do anything with it. I didn't change my interaction with that person. I didn't tell anybody, of course. I just, I thought, well, that was either random, you know, I uh, have indigestion, and I went to bed, and that was definitely spam email. Or maybe it was God, and if it's God, why don't I I pray for the guy? I can't go wrong with that. Long story short, uh, over a year later, he came to me and began to tell me his story. And I was able to say, I wouldn't always do this, but in that friendship I was able to say, here's a dream I had. And it was so meaningful to him that God had, that knew and cared enough to invite me to pray for him for over a year. And it was, he, he felt so loved by God, and he is. And it did cause him at that time to, he not the dream, but I mean the whole conversation, he, he went and got counseling and uh, made a very big difference in his life. So pay attention to your dreams as well. Um, gosh, there's so many cool stories, even in our community. I know of of God communicating through dreams. Um, but in the interest of time, I will I will not tell some more of those stories. Um, God can speak positive things. He can speak encouraging things. He can, um, just this last week, uh, real quick, uh, my wife Shannon had a dream, and in the dream, uh, she saw a, a scripture verse. It was, uh, I don't remember, John something, I think. And she didn't know what it was, so she looked it up that day and found a lot of encouragement from it. I don't know, that might not have been God. But she experienced his encouragement and she connected with him more. And so that's one of the key takeaways I want you to have, big picture for today is it might be God, it might just be you. But put it through the filter, and if it's scripturally on point, then pursue it as if it's God. What's the worst that can happen? Maybe you look foolish doing a cartwheel, but I think that that gives God great pleasure to say, wow, look at that idiot. That person really wants to know me and really wants to follow me. We need to find something for her to do. Let's give her something, let's really say something to her because she's willing to do it. That attitude, that approach, if you combine that willingness to listen, take a risk and do it, and use scripture as your filter, it's it's the way of Jesus. Okay, so in summary, seeing, two examples, right? Mental images and visions and dreams, two ways. All right, the third big picture way that God speaks is through hearing, through our ears, either our actual ears or are an inner voice and that's the first example of hearing is an inner voice it's, it's as if you feel as though someone is speaking to you in your own head it's like receiving a message uh, in Isaiah there's a word of encouragement to us that says whether you turn to the right or to the left your ears will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way walk in it so um catch the distinction, instead of seeing a pink elephant, uh, you might hear the words pink elephant. And so if you pay attention to that experience in your own mind, uh, you could find out that you indeed could be God hacking into your, into your ears and uh, speaking that to you. The second way uh, of hearing is, John, you gave us a fantastic, amazing example, I, I want to hear more of your stories, uh, is people. In obvious ways. You could listen to a podcast. You could be in a a study. Someone could share counsel with you. Um, But he also can speak to them in these other ways and then they share it with you. A couple years ago, um, my wife and I were trying to decide where she would go for uh, for a doctor. She has a lot of chronic health issues. And um, there's a particular condition she has that there are four main famous doctors and we were trying to decide where should we go. One's uh, Washington, New York, Chicago, and Arizona, we thought. Um, and and um, log- we, logically, we were going to go, oh, Virginia. We were going to go to Virginia. Anyway, the point is, we're trying to figure out where to go. Travel, flights, doctors, bazillion dollars an hour. It's tiring, we got little kids, we got to work. Oh, God, where do we go and what do we do? So we said, well... Default logic seems to be to go to Virginia, that's where we're gonna go. And together, out loud, I remember I was changing from work and we're in our closet and and we said, we prayed out loud, God, would you show us where to go? Should we go to, which of these doctors should we go to? And within a day or two, uh, our good friend, Renee Pignati told Shannon, Shannon, I don't know how the conversation went, Renee, but I imagine it went like, this is weird but for whatever reason, I keep hearing the word Arizona for you. And I, I thought, Arizona? And I didn't know what to do with it. Arizona, Arizona, Arizona. Shannon said, Arizona? I mean, that's, did you know I was looking to go? Did she know we were looking to go to a doctor? She didn't know. Arizona, that's that was one of her four choices. So we look into Arizona, and we thought, oh, the reason we didn't go to that one is because there's no way we could get in, and there's a waiting list, and, and <laughs> turns out Arizona was the doctor we ended up choosing because of that. We could do a phone appointment. We did not have to travel there. And Shannon's health on a scale of 1 to 10 went from about a 2 to about a 7 over the course of a year through the work of that doctor. And all the other doctors we would have had to travel to, this one we could do on the phone. Um, And it turns out the doctor wasn't even in Arizona. We thought he was. But we wouldn't have investigated that option if it weren't for her hearing a word Arizona pausing to say is this God thinking I think maybe so I'll tell my friend Shannon and then we responded to that and I'm so grateful we did so hearing is a way that God communicates both through the inner voice as well as through people other people final sense so we've done thinking, we've done seeing, we've done hearing. The final one is feeling. And one example of feeling can be emotion. God can communicate through emotions. Now, some of us culturally, we try to control emotion. We think that emotion is something that can, is almost always a malware spam. Like It's just going to get us into trouble. Um, where other of us, may maybe the way we're wired, we seek emotion. But really, we should not fall into either ditch, and we should say, God, I give you my emotions. You may communicate to me any way you want. And um, there's some, some interesting scriptures on this point, but I'll very, tell you one quick story. I was um, actually in a church setting, and it was at the end of the service, and I, uh, it was an opportunity to be prayed for, like we sometimes do. And uh, a friend named Mary Elaine prayed for me, and I uh, had no nothing. I was totally just like, "Sure, you can pray for me." I didn't have any request. Um, I'm not emotional. I, I mean, I'm 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 energetic, but I, I don't I don't tend to cry. I don't. And she started to pray and said one sentence. It might even have been a phrase, if I recall it. And I can't tell you what happened. I just began to sob and sob. But it was joy. It was the deepest thanksgiving gratitude I have ever experienced in my life. I kept just saying, it can't be so this true. And I just felt God's love in my emotions. It's happened, well, it's happened twice. But it's happened twice in my life in a lifetime of following Jesus. It, it, It hasn't been common I'm using it as an example to to catch your attention. That Pay attention to, why did I just get angry? Or, why am I feeling compassion for this person? Why why do I feel a little misty-eyed? Rather than just brushing that off, because generally strong emotion or unusual emotion is socially odd. So we tend to stuff that down. I dare you don't. Pay attention. Feel it. And say, God, is that you? Or, you know, am I just being emotional? And listen for what he might say next. Because God can speak through our emotions. Uh, the second is, I'll say it, we'll call it an impression. The second way through our feeling that God speaks is through impressions. Like a, an intuition or a, a gut feeling. Um, again, that might just be you But if you test it out to say, is this impression perhaps from God, then maybe indeed you'll find so. In the book of Acts, chapter 15, uh, it was a major decision the apostles and elders of the first church were trying to make, very big, and they didn't have a visitation from an angel, they didn't have visions, they didn't have some grand experience. The best they could come up with is, here's our decision, and it seemed good, I don't know. Seemed, seemed good to us, and it seemed good to the Holy Spirit. And the actual, the Greek word for seemed is it think. So their they're thinking, or I think it might have been just their sense, their gut inclination was, I think this is what God has. And that was all they had to go on, so they did. They made this huge, massive theological decision based on, I think that's what God has. And we, too, can find God's communication in those subtle Impressions. Um, And it can be in any area of life. I have a friend um, I haven't talked to him for a number of years. His name is Vic, and Vic was a structural engineer. He owned his own firm. He would create the blueprints and the design for big buildings. And Vic would several times throughout a project as it was being built, he would lay out the blueprints and just say, okay, God, is there anything I should be knowing about this project? And nine times out of ten, nope, he's looking through the blueprints. Anything going on? Any insight you would give me that I wouldn't otherwise know? And several times throughout the years, he'd have this gut sense that something isn't right. And he'd go and he'd look and he'd just, well, what do you mean something isn't right? had felt uneasy. And he'd go to a certain part of the blueprints and he'd say, tell me more, God. And he didn't feel so good about this. And in one example, I remember he said, I just had the sense that the pipe was not right. Something about the pipe wasn't right. And he went, took the blueprints, went to the uh, construction site, found the form and said, would you show me this spot? And they went there and they go over to the building. And he says, show me that pipe. And the pipe was on the wrong side. And if they didn't catch it then, it would have been covered over. It would have been a huge repair job, a big problem down the road. And Vic you know, would say that he was so surprised that God cared about his pipe and he cared about this project and i don't know that he did care about the project but he cares about vic and he cares about people and so vic by listening and saying i will test out this gut sense and see if it's god would find god's guidance in these experiences final story i think oof final story yeah, yeah, I told this one before, I think. Yeah, why not? Um, I was in college, and I was studying with a friend. We got done. It was 11 p.m. on a Friday night. We're walking back to the car. And we said, ah, we've been studying for hours. Let's just walk. And so we're walking. We're talking. We're We're followers of Jesus at this time, and we kind of had these types of things on our mind. And so... We're walking around, and we're about to turn around. And we pause, and I don't remember which of the two of us said, I kind of have the sense we should just keep walking. And because we were, like, attuned to this, we're like, oh, it's, maybe it's a God thing. You know, maybe it's a God idea. It's a God impression. So we're like, yeah, let's do it. So we kept walking, and we got to the end, and I realized, oh, I'm at the end of this walkway. Right down to the right was my freshman dorm. I was a junior at the time. I said, I don't know, maybe, let's just walk down to the dorm, we'll walk around the dorm, I haven't seen it in a couple years, and we'll go back and we'll go home. So we walk down and we come to the dorm, uh, and we were about to turn around, and I look, and the door was propped open on the first floor of the giant dormitory, which it's not supposed to be propped open, right? And so we said, why don't we walk through, let's just go through, because that was my floor, and we'll just walk through and then come back and we'll go to our car and go home. And so we get down there and we walk in, and it's Friday, quarter after 11 p.m., and it's a freshman dorm, so nobody's there. And we're walking down my hallway, and we're chatting. I'm like, yeah, my room is right up here. And we see one door propped open and light kind of spilling out halfway down the hallway. And so we're walking, and, of course, you look in to see who's in there, one open door. And it was the resident assistant, the RA. And my friend goes, oh, Hey. And they knew each other, and they, they were acquaintances from a few years ago. And they like, wait, what are you guys doing? <laughs> uh, we're just taking a walk. And what are you doing? He said, well, I'm an RA. It's really quiet tonight. I'm just reading. What, what are you reading? He said, oh, no, nothing. Well, it's a book about uh, the, the claims of, that Jesus claimed, who Jesus said he was. And, uh, you know, I'm just reading that. Really? You're just reading a book about Jesus? Well, tell us some more. What are you reading about? And well, 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 and long story short, uh, he's a grad student um, and was on a journey of exploring what Jesus said and inv- in- invited him into and he was having trouble with a lot of it. And he said, well, tell us about some of your troubles. And so we sat on the bed and had a, about an hour conversation about some of his issues and questions and At the end, he prayed. He said, I want to, okay, let's do this. I want to be a Jesus follower. All right, well, so we see you later. And we did the thing and we walked out and went back to our car. And that one is so memorable for me because it stands out. But the feeling was so subtle. The, oh, let's just keep walking. or Just turn down this way. And yet, that was Jesus inviting us to give our time. Because he had a message for this guy who was right then at that moment considering following Jesus. So, here are the takeaways. You're awash in his communication. He speaks continually. He speaks because he loves you. And he speaks in every way imaginable. But if you can go away remembering that he speaks through your thinking and through your eyes, what you see, and through your ears, what you hear, and through your your feeler, your heart, what you feel, then maybe you too, we can all grow in our paying attention. And then when you think you might have heard something, run it through the spam filter of scripture and say, well, I guess that's probably not God suggesting I rob a bank. I mean, that would, that would be very economical, but maybe, maybe that doesn't pass the spam filter. And if it passes the spam filter, then do it. Take the risk, whether it's small or big. And that is my dare for you and my challenge for you. So, I'm going to pray because here's the other thing. Some of listening to God is about being taught. It's a skill, and you can get better at it. In fact, I'm not very skilled at it, but I think it's really cool. So I'm trying to practice a lot. You too can. But there's part of hearing God that is caught. It's a culture. It's, a, it's an expectation. It's a faith. Um, scripture even tells us it's a gifting that he can grant he can increase your innate ability to hear him communicate so we're going to pray briefly and I'm going to invite you to pray the same thing I'm praying I'm going to be praying for myself and I invite you in your heart to pray the same thing and that is that God would increase your ability to hear his communication that he would turn up the dial on your desire to hear him speak I mean, sometimes all I want is a good action flick. And, that, and that's, that's not really what I want. I want to connect with God, but I need his help to increase my desire for him. So we're going to do that, and this is real. He answered, he loves this prayer. In fact, I have a tremendous amount of faith that if you sign up, if you say, okay, God, I sign up on the dotted line to, live, to take the next step of hearing you more frequently, hearing you more clearly, and doing it, you're signing up for some adventure, some fun, some some joy. And he will respond. So let's do that together. So, Father God, I don't even know fully what it means to sign up, but I do because I know you're good and I trust you. So I sign up to hear you. I eagerly ask you to open up all of the channels. Forgive me for my ignorance and not knowing that you fax and you email and you text and you Skype, that I I don't realize all the ways you communicate. Would you keep top of mind? Would you help me scan all of my inboxes? Would you help remind me to pay attention to all the ways that you're communicating to me? Some of you are naturally gifted at this. Some of you are naturally gifted at communicating or at being compassionate at organization. In the same way, some of you are naturally gifted at hearing God. And for you, I ask Holy Spirit, would you compound that gifting and that skill? Would you give them opportunity to grow and learn and practice? And some of you feel you're anti-gifted you've never heard anything and all my examples seem ridiculous. That's okay. It is your right to hear from God too. And I, Father, ask that specifically you would meet them this week and grow them in their ability to hear. Let our church be a community of people who listen and respond. Let it be so. We sign up, God. We say yes. And that's it. Hey, it was really fun being with you. Thank you for